You're wondering what in the world is he up to now? Why does he have a bow and arrow set up there? And I want to share with you something that God gave me, and I'm praying that you will see that it all relates to our biblical uh, study of the book of Acts. We're in the book of Acts chapter number four, and we're going to conclude Acts chapter four today, and next week we'll go into Acts chapter five together, but we're going to talk a little bit about this uh, here this morning. By the way, I just met some Canadian friends all the way from Vancouver. And we're honored that you would visit our service today. And Sandy, I love watching you worship. New to our church and just got the joy of the Lord on her and so glad you do. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Blake, glad to have you commuting all the way from the far country of Wabasso. All right, we're, we're glad to have you here with us as well. I want to read to you as I introduce this message to you and I want your attention for just a moment because God talks about the armor of God. You guys remember that message a couple weeks ago? And we're, we're still in the book of Acts, Acts 4. But I want to read to you because it all tied in together. We've been sort of allowing the pastors just to have a certain allotment of, of Scripture and just taking it. And God gave this portion for me to be able to share with the body. And so I was grateful because it was like, wow, God, you, this is sort of a continuation in the book of Acts, yet also a continuation of what I had the privilege of speaking on the last time I was uh, on the platform. Uh, Ephesians chapter number 6 and verse number 16, I'll just read to you the scriptures here, and then we'll get into Acts 4. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Did you catch that? You've got to hold up the shield of faith which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times. I love that right there. Pray. We're going to talk about praying. We're going to talk about going to the throne, being bold in prayer. Oh, this is, this is good already. Oh, man, I'm having a good time. We have, we're just getting started. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to this end. Alert with all perseverance, making supplication with all, uh, for all the saints. Now, catch this in verse number 19. And also for me, that words may be given to me in the opening of my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. There's an illustration that I want to give to you because go ahead and start it there. Tim Veldy's going to help me with this illustration. But in the old medieval days when they would go in groups and companies of 100, they would be on their horses and they would uh, get to a village that they were going to pillage or conquer or take over. And they would have 100 men and they would have, after the 100 men, would all have about five arrows each. So 100 times 5 equals 500. So you would have 500 men with bows and arrows, and they would shoot it out in the middle of the dark night. And the arrows would go into the village, and it would destroy everything in that village because 500 arrows, 500 pockets of fire, burning all the hay, burning the wood, burning the tents, burning everything that was around. And they, what would happen when you, in the middle of the night when all of a sudden your tent was on fire? You would be discombobulated. You would be disjointed, and you would wonder what in the world's going on, and you would frantic, you would scare, you would march out in there. Have you ever been in the middle of the night with an alarm? It doesn't even have to be in the middle of the night. For me, I get scared of alarms. They just go out, and I'm waking up like, what in the world's going on? What, what, is, what is up? And my heart is beating and my mind is racing and I'm wondering what in the world is going on. You can't even imagine if your tent is on fire. Now all of a sudden, the soldiers switch out. After everything in the whole village has been burned, because the first round of arrows, the first five arrows, are not to destroy or kill you. They're actually 
there to cause chaos. You see, the Bible talks about in Ephesians chapter number 6 that the fiery darts of the wicked. Now, I used to think that, man, i got to hold up my shield of faith because the devil's got flaming arrows at me. But if you'll notice the tip of that arrow, it wasn't sharp. It was just flaming arrows. They had to have it wrapped in something so that it would hold the fire well as it would shoot into the night sky from 50 to 100 meters. And so now the whole place is just chaos. That's what Satan does in our life, doesn't he? You thought those arrows were there to kill you. They're actually just there to cause chaos. Oh boy, does he do a good job. He's firing all at all. He's got his bow back and he it's going, firing, and all of a sudden, And it lands. But it wasn't there to kill you. It was just there to cause, say it with me, chaos. Paul, you were just out hunting. Did you do it with a bow and arrow? I think it was a season. This is just to cause chaos. But you see the one was to destroy. Now for the real arrow. Because now you're getting out of your tents. Now, you see, they fire off in the middle of the night. They can't see. If I'm firing over here 50 to 100 yards away, uh, it's dark. It's pitch black. I can't see anything. So if I'm firing hot flaming arrows, everything's now all lit up. Guess what I now have the privilege of seeing? What's going on? Where all the people are? And so... When I'm ready to go with my second round, now the second round is not to destroy. The second round is for death. Fired it off. Bam. Hits you right on your body. That's death. You see, Satan's been at work, hasn't he, in your life? He has. But you thought it was the first arrow that was causing you death, but it's actually just causing chaos. Give it to some areas of, in your life that you can possibly apply this to. What in your life right now, it's actually not death yet. It's actually just the flaming arrows. It's just chaos. And God tells you and I in the word of God, Ephesians chapter 6, to boldly hold up the shield of faith. Who do we have faith in? The Lord Jesus Christ. Well, the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, the symbol of the Holy Spirit, you know what quenches fires? Water. When you have faith in the everlasting river of life in your, in your life, that's the peace that passes all understanding. That's why Psalm 23 says, I will lay me beside, you will lay me beside still waters. You got to hold up your shield of faith. And so it says now that you've done that, you can therefore be bold to proclaim. So we're going to talk about biblical boldness. Now turn to Acts chapter 4 as we continue in our study together. Acts chapter number 4 and verse number, beginning in verse number 29, we'll tie it all in together. Acts 4, 29, now, Lord, look on their threats and grant your servants may speak your word with great, what's the next word? Oh, you're an attentive class today. All A's. By stretching out your hand to heal that signs and wonders may be performed in the name of your holy son, Jesus. When they had prayed, oh, there's that prayer again. Ooh, these early Christians, we had a, we had a saying in our church in Singapore. We, when, when the Lord brought Susan and I to Singapore, we, we wanted our church to be an Acts church for today. That was just our internal heart. So we gathered our leadership team. We would say it often. Let's be an Acts church for today. And being an Acts church for today is 
Boldness is part of that recipe. Prayer is a part of that recipe. Studying the word of God is part of that recipe. And waiting for the moving, that's, an, that's a heart of expectation. Waiting for God to move, waiting for God to do something and waiting to just hitch my, uh, hitch my, my, my wagon to what God, whatever God was doing. When they had prayed, oh, see, whenever boldness happens, there's always people that are willing to just pray. When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. Whew, I don't know how many people are in here, Don, but let's pretend that we were all Let's say four or 500 of us were in here. We prayed so intently that the, and we declared the name of Jesus that these walls, they couldn't hold it together anymore because the name of Jesus just wanted to burst through these walls that these walls would now shake. Whew. I don't know if these walls can handle it. If we sing Jesus, what a beautiful name it is one more time. I don't know if I can handle it. If I sing Jesus, what a beautiful name it is. What a powerful name it is. One more time. I'm about shaking. I can't even imagine what these walls are feeling. Having the name of Jesus uttered to them. The creator of the universe. Oh, there's such power and such majesty and such beauty in the name of Jesus. When the disciples prayed, the walls, the Bible says, the walls were shaken. Why? Because I believe that there was a rustling within the people that they were so excited about the moving of God, about the power of God, about the stirring of God, that they were just ready to go. And you can feel it in the air. Mark, you can feel it in the air because it was like, all right, let's get out of there, out of these walls, and let's just go proclaim the name of Jesus outside of here. Biblical boldness. Verse number 32, and all the believers, I love this. Are you a believer today? Say amen. amen. And if you're not, you can become one today. And all the believers were of one heart and one soul. Hey, I'm just going to rewrite. Let's slow motion that. Let's go back and read that verse one more time because that's a good verse right there. Let's say it with me, all right? Let's do it on the count of three because this is a good verse to practice, all right? Ready? Begin. One, two, three. All the believers were of one heart and one soul, and no one said that what he possessed was his own. But to them, all things were in common. All the believers were of one heart, were of one mind, were of one soul, and immediately the next thing they did, they said, you know what? None of this is ours. Let's give our life to God. Let's give our houses to God. Let's give our cars to God. Let's give for the work of the ministry so that we can boldly declare it and let people know that Jesus saves. Go tell it on a mountain that Jesus saves. They were bold. Continued reading here in verse number 33. With great power, the apostles testified. Oh, where did that power come from? That came from the Holy Spirit of God to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus so great power, I want you to notice and underline this in your Bible. Peter Parker's uncle told him that with great power comes great responsibility. I think it's in the Bible somewhere as well. But here in this verse, here's what follows great power. With great power, the apostles testified to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And guess what comes after that? Great grace. Great grace. You see, biblical boldness is not, I'm a pirate. <laughs> I'm just a preacher who just fire brimstone because I'm bold for Jesus. Being bold is not being, pardon the term, stupid. Being bold is not reckless. Being bold is not careless. Being bold is not being ignorant. Being bold is just recognizing that Jesus Christ, the hope of glory in me, I've got to declare, but what follows out of that great boldness is great power with great grace. Great grace. I'm going to embarrass her. She's going to kill me, but if you've ever spoken with um, Cindy Hazelwood, She's bold to share her faith. 
but she's very meek with grace. She doesn't come at you and say, ah, you're going to burn and go to hell if you don't accept Jesus today. <laughs> and the Bible says, no, she'll come gentle and sweet. The other day she came over to me and she was walking at a distance. I was about, oh, maybe from that um, drum stand to about right here. And she came walking. She was dressed real nice. She had finished her funeral um, memorial service. And she came and she whispered, and I couldn't read what she was, her mouth. And I said, what, what are you saying? And, and she was walking closer and she said, thank you. I said, for what? And she told me what, what, what happened. And, but she comes across really gentle, great grace. Oh, that we would have people of God that are just graceful. You don't have to be arrogant. Did you hear Dr. Uh, Wayne Smith's message the last two weeks? You don't have to be arrogant about your being bold and arrogant doesn't have to be in the same context. Great grace. There was no one among them, verse 34, there was no one among them who had lacked. For all those who were owners of land or houses sold them and brought the income from what was sold. And they placed it at the apostles' feet and was distributed to each according to his need. Joseph, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means the son of encouragement. Man, I hope we just find more Barnabases in church today. Oh, here comes Brother Barney. He's just a happy, good, lucky fella. He loves the Lord, always got a smile on his face, and he's the son of encouragement. That's a good name, isn't it? If you want to call me by, call me by name and you want to call me a name, call me the son of encouragement instead of the son of anything else. You guys are laughing, you're naughty. I was not thinking anything, okay? Like the son of your father and your mother. The son of encouragement. A Levite from the land of Cyprus. He sold the field he owned and brought the money and placed it at the disciples' feet. This week we're talking about biblical boldness. Next week we're going to talk about biblical generosity. We need to understand a little biblical generosity in our churches today, in our Christian life today. Now let's go through all of these verses together and let's just go one by one, all right? Let me give you a couple of points. Number one, I'm going to fast forward here. Number one, they had boldness because of personal relationship with Jesus. The reason that they could be bold, the disciples, the reason that you and I, John Cranman, that you and I could be bold. I love your boldness for the Lord. Tell everybody about Jesus and how he saves, my friend. Boldness because of a personal relationship with Jesus. You see, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, you don't have biblical boldness. Because Jesus was very graceful. I want you to notice what the disciples did. In Acts chapter number one and verse number three he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of heaven and while staying with them he ordered them not to depart from jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the father which he said you heard from me they all had a personal relationship with Jesus. How many years did the disciples follow and was with Jesus? Pretty much night and day. Three years. Now, it says here they were, after his resurrection, how many days did Jesus appear and ministered with them? Forty. All right, let's go back to the book of Genesis. When it rained upon the earth, it rained how many days and nights? Oh, you guys are smart. All right, ready to go. It rained on the earth for 40 days, 40 nights. When Moses was 40 years old, he went to the backside of the desert. And then how many years did Moses and the children wander in the desert? Oh, you guys are so smart. Three for three. How many days did Jesus pray and fast before he entered into his earthly ministry? 
Four from four. Here we go. Number five. We just read it. Again, how many days did Jesus appear to the disciples? Forty is a acknowledgement of testing and trials. Whenever you see 40, it's always a time of God stirring something so, so, so special. It's in the air. It's about to happen. It's about to burst. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. After 40, always with something great that happened after that. After now they had been with Jesus for 40 days of just learning of testing, of trial, something great was about to happen. They didn't even understand. His resurrection was powerful. His death was powerful. All that was powerful. But they can't even imagine what was more powerful to come because he said, greater works will you do. I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to send to you my Holy Spirit, the comforter, and you're going to do great and mighty things after you have been with me. How has your relationship been with Jesus? Has it been through a season of you feel like you're in that 40 right now? Oh, you can go ahead and get ready, get ready, get ready, because something's about to break. The personal relationship with Jesus, they had boldness because of that. You see, in verse number 13, I want you to notice something and underline it in your Bible in Acts 4.13. Until we attain four. Uh, yeah, 4.13, Acts 4, I'm looking at my Bible here. I'm in the wrong book. <laughs> wrong here we go. Acts 4, verse number 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished, and they recognized, I have it, I have it highlighted in my Bible, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Have you been with Jesus? Can, can, can I recognize it? Or do I recognize that you're just walking in the flesh? When we get out these doors, we can have a nice shirt on, nice shoes on. That's not the recognition of, oh, man, he loves Jesus. You know, he's one of those preachers. He, got his, he has his Bible right here and waved to everyone like a brother, sister. No, no, that's not the recognition of a disciple. These guys were with Jesus. And there was something about them. They were common and unlearned men. But yet their presence, they can tell that they had walked with the Lord. You and I have to have a presence about us that is just too obvious. Wow, you've been walking with God. I love it. Your speech, your conversation, your mannerisms, you've just been walking with God. Don't you love being around people who just walk with God? There's just a presence about them. Oh, my goodness. I just want to linger in your presence how, you can't have biblical boldness without having the presence of God in your life. That, that was biblical boldness. That wasn't just bold arrogance. That was biblical boldness because they had been with Jesus. Number two, boldness because of the promise from Jesus. Well, what was the promise from Jesus? The promise from Jesus was found in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. But you will receive power from the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria unto the end of the earth. Jesus said that. That was a promise. You see, if I tell you something, what are my words? The Bible says in Proverbs 22, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. A person who has integrity. Recently, I was speaking with a man who bought a parcel of land right here in Vero Beach, and he called the man up and said, I'd like to buy this land, and they prayed and talked, and then at the end of several, uh, 
just negotiations. They hadn't even met yet. This is a couple million dollar transaction. And the man said, well, would you like for me to go ahead now that we've negotiated on a deal? Would you like for me to go ahead and bring a check into your office? He said, no. This will be a gentleman's agreement. A gentleman's agreement. You mean... You, they still do that these days? I was tickled. I told the gentleman that I was speaking to, I said, you know, it doesn't happen too often these days. We've got to have lawyers and agents and my mom, my dad, my brother, and even my sister involved. But you see, when there's a promise, my word is my bond. Jesus' word is his bond. I will give you my power. After this, the Holy Spirit of God is going to come upon you. You'll receive power. You'll be able to declare in Jerusalem, Judea, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Boldness because of the promise of Jesus. Number three, moving along. Boldness because of the passion for the gospel. In Acts 4, verse 23 to 25, when they were released, they went to their friends and reported with the chief priests and the elders and said to them, when they heard it, they lifted up their voices together and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything therein to them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said of the Holy Ghost, you see, now they had such passion. Now they're going before the elders and the chief priests, and they're willing to say, listen, sovereign Lord who made, they're willing to declare with so much passion and so much intensity because they were unashamed of the gospel. Paul said it best, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Paul was not ashamed because he boldly knew the name of Jesus was his proclamation. Do you have passion or is it, you know, like, um, I mean, if you, if, if, if you want, you can accept Jesus. I mean, you know, I know it's up, up to you. It's your choice. Or do you say, listen, I love you in the Lord. And because I love you, you've got to know about God's love for you. You thought I loved you, but God loves you more. And he has great plans for you. One of his plans is for you to it's for you to be with him for eternity in heaven. And you can do that today by receiving his full forgiveness for all of your sins. And you can have a new name written down in glory. This was the passion behind the disciples and the apostles. Number four, moving along, boldness because of prayer to God. Prayer to God. Acts 4.31, when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. I love coming to our church on Tuesdays. There's a prayer group that meets. It's just a band of soldiers for the church. On Monday mornings at 5 a.m., there's a band of soldiers for our church that's praying right here on this property. We have prayer warriors. My house shall be called a house of prayer. There was a, oh, in the 1800s, 1857 to 1860, there was in lower New York City, there was just a lot of businesses closing down. The area was starting to sort of degrade a little bit. People were moving away. And as people were moving away, an old Dutch uh, church um, began losing many of its members. And there was just a handful of people that was left, Jackie. And uh, those people, they just stayed together. And they said, you know what, we, we, this is our home, this is our church, and uh, we're just going to stay right here, and we're going to pray together, and we're just going to ask God to do something special for our church. And, and there was a businessman in the community. Now, many people had moved away already, and there was a businessman in the community that, that would love the church, and uh, he was working in the area and then finally, they, the small group of people, the church was several hundreds before, but now it was just really just a remnant of people, a dozen people left. And then finally, they said to the group, all right, Tim, would you, would you mind just leading us in this process? And then they said, okay, what are we going to do? We need to call someone to come to the church just so that he can love on the people. And have, we're going to hire him for $1,000 a year. Wouldn't that, be, wouldn't that be unique for today? We're going to hire him for $1,000 a year, and we're going to just ask him to be part of our church to make visitation and love on people. 
and we're going to ask him to lead us in prayer. That's what we're going to ask him to do. And so this gentleman by the name of Jeremiah Lampier was hired, a businessman, and he, all he did was just visit people. John and Teresa Blake, he would visit their homes, and he would ask them how they're doing, what he can pray with them for. And he would go over here, and he would say, all right, uh, let's see over here. Can, can I pray with you guys about anything? And then over here, can I pray with you about anything? And Mark and Susan, he would say, can I pray with you about anything? Doug and Rose, can I pray with you about anything? He would just go around the church. People were, who had come to the church, can I pray with you about anything? Pray with you about anything? And, he would, and all of a sudden, just prayer started stirring up within the church. And then he posted a playbill, uh, a sign, uh, an old handbill, and he would put it all throughout the streets of New York, lower New York City, and he would say, prayer meeting at the old Dutch church. Come anytime for just five minutes. Anytime the doors are completely open, come just to pray. And all of a sudden, on that first time that they had that, 10 people showed up. And they prayed for five minutes. And then another 10 came, and they prayed for five minutes. And another 10 came and prayed for five minutes. And all of a sudden, there, that little old church, old Dutch church, there was just a handful, 12 people left in the church. They were hosting prayer meetings of 3,000 people. Oh, that God's house would become a house of prayer. We've lost it in our churches today. We come for music, which is partly what we need to do to worship God. We come for the word, which we need to do for God. But we ought to come with a spirit of anticipation and a spirit of prayer, beseeching the throne of grace. Revival happened in the book of Acts. They had boldness because they prayed. Could it be that our church would experience a revival? Mike and Robin, if our church would just go on our knees to prayer, could it be that all God is waiting for, if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and seek my face, pray, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. Could we just fall on our knees and fall on our face and just beseech God with all boldness? Number five, boldness because of the power of the Holy Spirit found in Acts 4.31. The place was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then lastly, boldness because of the proceeds for the Lord's work. It's amazing. They had boldness to preached, they had boldness to prophesy, they had boldness to proclaim, they had boldness to pray, and then they had boldness to give all the proceeds away. The first thing, this is so interesting, we just have to look at the verse here. I'll continue, this week is biblical boldness, next week is biblical generosity, since I'll go ahead and give you a sneak peek in what they're doing in Acts chapter 5, all right? Look with me here in verse 32 to 37. And now the full number of those who believed were of one heart. So immediately after the boldness, there were one heart, one soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them. There was not a needy person among them. For as many as there were owners of lands... Here we go, church. Owners of lands and houses, they sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to each as any had need. Thus Joseph, who was one called Barnabas, the son of encouragement, he also did that as well. He sold his field. And he brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. You see, when there is great boldness to preach, to proclaim, to pray, there's also great boldness with great proceeds going to the work of the ministry. How's your boldness? If you can't answer some of them, great. Check, 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 check. And then you've got to work on 
biblical boldness towards biblical generosity because you can't have biblical generosity. It follows with being bold. How's your boldness? Here's how we're going to do the invitation this morning. We're going to sing about a great song, The Rock Won't Move. But what about this before we sing? What if God's people right now just decided to get into groups of five, six, and seven and just prayed and just prayed? Oh, we had an opportunity to praise already. Now we're just going to go to prayer. Here's, here's one of the things I'd like for you to pray about. Pray for revival in our church. We can't have revival in our church until you have revival in your heart. You see, some of these rows, what about if we just had some people that are willing to do this? Father, somebody's going to sit in this row right here. Lord, would you fill up these seats in our church? Would you, would you boldly pray that? Father, would you just fill these seats so that the gospel can be heard as it's being declared and it would be entered into the heart of man. And Lord, would you be the Lord of our church and would you build your church so that the gates of hell, so the fiery darts of hell that wants to, wants to cause chaos, Lord, we're going to quench it. We're going to quench it with water the Holy Spirit of God. The darts can't handle the water. Holy Spirit is water. And just ask the Holy Spirit to flood this place, to flood one another, to overwhelm one another, that you have now just been in the presence of Jesus. They're gonna wonder when you go into Vero Beach, hey, what, what, what in the world happened to you, Sandy? Why do you have such a big smile on your face? Because I've been with Jesus. Let me tell you about my church and what God is doing. And maybe revival can't happen after all. Let's all stand to our feet, shall we? If you're here today and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal savior, I'd love to invite you to come and receive Jesus Christ today. He loves you, and he wants to be your father, your Abba. He wants to be your savior, and today could be the day of your salvation. If you'll put your trust in him for the forgiveness of all your sins. If that's you today, as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, may I just ask respectfully, for just a moment. If that's you today, I want to pray for you. Would you just lift up your hand so I can, I can pray for you? Is there anybody like that today? You do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, but today you would like to receive him as your Lord and Savior today. Is there anybody like that today? We have prayer partners that are willing to pray with you, and you can pray on your own. But here's the moment that I want our church to do. I'm gonna lead us in prayer. And as soon as I say amen, you find a group of people that you can just pray with. And just pray aloud so that these walls cannot contain the power of your prayers. So these, these walls could be shaken. How bold are your prayers today? And let these walls be shaken. Let the walls of this church be shaken because the people are given wholly to prayer. Father, bless your people. Lord, I pray that the moment that we're about to enter into would resonate in our hearts and would be sacred as we remember this moment, that we are committed to prayer. Lord, the pockets of people all around each other, that they would boldly declare allowed that these walls would hear the utterance of your prayer, of their prayers to almighty God, and that God, heaven would fall down and rest upon our church. 
We love you and we pray this thing, these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All around the room. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just in a group of prayer. This is a prayer meeting. This is a prayer meeting. This is a prayer meeting. Let it reach heaven. Oh, what a beautiful sound. Oh, oh, my house will be called a house of prayer. This is it. This is the New Testament church at work. Proclaim it. Let them... Oh, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. Great Shepherd, lead us. Everlasting door, open to us the portals of heaven, the windows of heaven, that there is no room to contain 
what you and your Holy Spirit has in store for this church. Beautiful Savior, we adore you, we worship you. Rock of ages, you are the mighty rock that we run to. When we cannot run to any other, we run to you. Cleft in your mighty rocks and in your mighty arms. Father, a spirit of revival is what we desire. And we boldly ask this in the name of Almighty Jesus. You told us in the book of Hebrews that we can come boldly to the throne room of grace. So Father, as we pray with with great boldness, I pray that great grace would now fall fresh on us. Father, I pray that this church, that there would be a resurgence of your word, of an indwelling of your spirit, of your power and your glory and your majesty and worship and praise and proclamation would happen and resonate in our hearts that God, it's so obvious that we have been in the presence of Jesus. That's what we desire. Set our soul on fire, oh God. Set this church on fire, oh God, and fall fresh on us. We love you. We thank you for this special time that will hold dear to our hearts. We thank you for the privilege of coming to the house of God. And all God's people said, amen. Are you of one heart and of one soul today? I'm going to invite you to sing and sing it like you're in one heart and one soul. Pastor Randy and the worship team, we're going to sing along in this song of The Rock. The song talks about our confidence. It talks about our confidence in the Lord, who He is, and, and how firm we should be in His Word. My feet gives way and I hear the sound of crashing waves and all my world is washing out to sea. I'm hidden safe in the God who never moves, holding fast to the promise of your truth that you are holding tighter still to me. Come on, sing it. word is strong. The rock won't move and his love can't be undone. The rock won't move and his word is strong. The rock won't move and his love can't be Don't.
have comes from you, Jesus. And we boast in you this morning. We boast in what you've already done in this service together. And we boast in what you're going to do in our lives as we leave these doors. Lord, be our everything. We surrender and, and submit to you in a fresh way right now. And just know that you have great things. You have assignments. You have plans. You have a calling for us that you want us to fall into. And you want us to prosper, Lord. So may we prosper in you. Not, not in any of our schemes or ideas or concepts, but in you, Jesus. May we be bold and unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we thank you for what you've done and for what you will do. And it's in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. God bless you, Pathway. We love you guys. Hallelujah.